and welcome back to Psychics and Psychics. I'm your host, Sean Bennett, and today I've got Amanda Smith, NASA engineer, by background, weightlifter or bodybuilder, and uh, yoga teacher, and on many planes in the spiritual world. So I think it's better for me to hand over to you, Amanda, to say thank you very much for joining me and um, tell the listeners a little bit more about you. Well, Sean, thank you so much for having me on this show. I absolutely love that it's called Psychics and Sidekicks and how those two just kind of roll together when you say yeah. it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a bit of a tongue twister and I have tripped myself up a couple of times. I bet. It's like, say it three times fast. Good luck. <laughs> so, yes, I, I worked on several NASA programs. Artemis is my my favorite because it's the human side of the space program. And then I worked on a bunch of satellites and mechanical and aerospace engineer by education. But I live in a world of dualities. Like you said, I'm a power lifter and I'm a yoga instructor. And usually those two things don't go together. I am a mechanical and aerospace engineer, and I'm also a medical medium. In all intents and purposes, I have a company called Body Whisper Healing, where I dive into someone's physical self and find out what's going on from pain and and sometimes pleasure and map out how to help them navigate getting to the other side of a chronic condition. I want to come back to the NASA piece later on because um, it's not really something that I actually contemplated having in Psychics and Sidekicks. But there's yeah. obviously the alien question will pop up at some point. And if not in this conversation, Amanda, it'll definitely come back in another one. I hope but so. In in contrast, in a complete contrast, I think, to sort of to mechanical engineering, to almost the body mechanics and dealing with that from the spiritual aspect or mediumship that you you're touching on just try and explain the, how that works really for somebody how, how do you tap into someone's pain and help them from that point uh there's a there's actually a scientific study on it called neurosynthesia and there's a really cool video on youtube and i i can link us up with it but the video is a person sitting in a chair and there's a curtain and they have a fake dummy arm. In this, yes, where they, they basically brainwash them, for want of a better description. Yeah. It, mimicking the sensation or the action that triggers the sensation to the point where they feel that the false hand, when they bang the hammer on it, is their hand and they feel the pain. Yes, exactly. Awesome. So I do I've that. I've seen with the video. Body. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Neurosynthesia. So I can do that with my body where I can put myself into the position of the hand, the fake hand, mm -hmm. which is the other person's body, and then feel out what's going on. And I can do this across the planet. I have clients that are in Pakistan, which is halfway around the world for me. And my goal someday is to actually work with astronauts to see if I can do it off planet also. Wow. Right. Helps yeah, to have that, that connection. That, that's, that's a real, pardon the pun, that's a real out of this world. Literally. Ambition, isn't it? Quite literally. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting too, because I, I do it on three different levels. 
I do it on the body level where it's like, okay, I'll be able to feel your heart and your lungs and your kidneys and all of the, the body parts of you. And then I can do it on an auric level and I can see where things have kind of gone kerchblatt or they've gotten squished together really close to you. And then I can talk and, and this is the really like out there psychic thing, but I have conversations with people's spirit teams. And I find out from a spiritual level, am I supposed to be working with this person, that soul contract thing, or do they have a certain soul contract that they have to fulfill? And this is their, their portion of it is this chronic condition. So things like that, I get to play in also. Wow. (laughs) Right. People that I work with on the NASA programs are going to hear this and go, yeah, what? Yeah. But why not? You know, we, we can, you can do things around the world by the power of the internet. So why not take it, you know, a few miles more and oh. get into outer space with it? Yeah, absolutely. ISS flies over every once in a while. I'm, there's always astronauts on, on the International Space Station. Yeah, why not? Well, it leads me to one question, probably an obvious question as well. But how did you discover that? Oh, boy. I was four years old <laughs> when I discovered that I could feel other people's stuff <laughs> and hear other people's stuff and get messages from spirit. Mostly my family stuff. I was feeling mom and dad and brothers stuff. Um, sometimes grandparents stuff, great grandparents stuff when they were around, but they didn't know that. In fact, on some levels, some of them still don't know that. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. And I suppose it, at such a young age, it's understanding what it is as well, isn't it, for you? It's, uh, you know, and how do you how do you communicate that to family members or friends? Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, for for them to understand, you know, because they just think you, yeah, it's just overactive imagination is what they used to call it when I was a youngster. Yes, but imagination is what connects us to spirit. And that mm-hmm. was, that was kind of that, that catch 22. And, you know, at the age I am now, I can explain that. But at four years old, I didn't have the words. I didn't have the tools. So a lot of inner child work that I've had to do in, in my adulthood in order to reconcile, like, okay, kiddo, you had these abilities and you had no words to be able to express how that that even existed how that happened and yes if i would have brought it up it would have been that's totally in your imagination yeah but was that an uncomfortable experience as well at that age absolutely yes it it felt like i had this little secret world i had to stay in and i what's really funny is i didn't really let the cat out of the bag until last year Right. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> so you've on to it for a while. That's interesting. But having said Quite that. Quite some ta- time. In between four yeah. and 40 something. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about letting the cat out of the bag. I've done that myself recently as well. And it's been part of this journey with the podcast and talking to people on various different episodes. That it's, it's brought back memories of activities and, and dreams and experiences that I had as a youngster. And um, I've talked openly as a 55-year-old about having an imaginary horse as a youngster. But somebody says to me, 
that could be your totem spirit. And now I'm like, so maybe it wasn't an imaginary horse. Maybe I'm on something completely different. I'm on a new path and looking to explore more about it. Yeah. My mom called me the other day and she was like, so I have a nine-year-old and she, she talked about her sister. I only have one child. (laughs) She talked about her sister for the first seven years of her life. And classmates would be like, Oh, I want to meet your sister. Obviously can't because it's on the spirit level. Exactly. So my mom calls me the other day and this was kind of a breakthrough with my mom and I loved it. She was like, you know, maybe she had a sister in a past life. And I was just like, I don't think we would have had this conversation maybe even five years ago, yep. <laughs> let alone now. I'm like, yes, breakthroughs. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to see too. People are more receptive to these kinds of conversations. Thank you so very much. And, and that was what inspired me to get started with this podcast. Nice. For me, it was a matter of feeling safe, being able to reconcile that these gifts that I have are of benefit to others, of service to others, and my fear of being controlled by these gifts, being controlled internally, but also being controlled externally, they just they've diminished and it was through help through guidance by other people other teachers melissa seaman is definitely one i have to bring up she has helped me exponentially in this realm of being in a safer space to share this kind of information especially coming from my background (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) definitely so so does religion play a part for you as well amanda Yes, but not in a not in a way you would think. It's kind of that okay. the, the backlash of religion. As a child growing up, we I went to open Bible daycare, which was an open Christian school, and we as as a young child, I got to learn all those great stories about you know David and Goliath is one that I really cling to. But when it came to the the story of Jesus and beyond the story of Jesus, uh, I had a lot of <laughs> disagreements with mm-hmm. the, the narrative, and I still do. And faith is definitely something that you have to have when you're doing this kind of work. Having a belief that there is a higher power, a higher good is definitely something But when it came to religion and the way that religion has been manipulated and this power struggle with with religion, that's where I really had to step back and and go, okay, well, this is going to fuel the fire for sure. But at the same time, I'm never going to subscribe to one particular religion. I would rather learn all of them. And see where the commonalities are in the religions and see where the narratives crisscross and, and then roll with it from there. And that's why I can work with people from Pakistan who are Muslim and I have a Christian background. I'm married to a man who was Catholic. And again, another reason why I can connect with him on a spiritual level and, you know, see how that plays into doing this bigger work. 
as a slight distraction then, have you seen the film, The Man Who Assumed God? No. You must watch it. It's Billy Connolly. Okay. Scottish comedian and actor. And it, it really does point the finger at religion. Yeah. And and get you to Probably ask questions. Because, uh, <laughs> well, it, it, it's really good. I don't want to spoil it by telling you any more, but it, it, it is absolutely fabulous watch. It really is very thought provoking. And I, I mean, consider myself to be in no way religious. I'm very open and curious now uh, in the last 12 months in particular of being open to the higher energies and, and all of those types of messages. And that's, that's been a bit of an awakening for me, which inspired the podcast, which is, so that's a good thing. But yeah, The Man Who Sued God is a great film. It's really good. It's, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek in places, but it does sit, make you sit and think, he's got a point. <laughs> he really has got a point. It's really good. I feel like Ancient Aliens does that too. My husband loves watching that show. And every once in a while, I'll drop in and listen to what they're talking about. And of course, they're talking about like, you know, aliens who use spacecraft to come to Earth and things like that. And I, of course, tune in. <laughs> like aerospace engineering is so cool. <laughs> but it, it just cracks me up that the the narrative of ancient alien theory is just like the Bible. (laughs) They're all stories that, you know, are we ever going to know the truth? Maybe when we cross over to the other side, but for now we're just going to make it up. Yeah. (laughs) When you look at, when you look out there, wherever there is, you know, why, why should we really have such an ego that we think that we are the only intelligent life source? Oh my God, it would be as, so as sad. As we see it, you know, and it's, um, it, it's really curious and it, it's good that people have the imagination to generate uh, films and stories about various things. And, but another conversation that I had with someone about, um, she, she describes herself as being a visionary. So she has visions and had from been very young visions of utopian and dystopian futures. And lots and lots of clarity in some of those visions. And, and a lot of it matches the narrative that's been in a lot of films about the future and floating vehicles and all these kind of things. And that set me thinking that the people who came up with the idea of that, you know, did they have an idea or were they visionaries, uh, mm-hmm. but maybe didn't actually realize that they were visionaries? And this is where it's all come from. And it really does start to sort of, the, the list of questions gets far, far bigger than the, list of answers doesn't it always yeah <laughs> there, there's so many things that we'll never know the truth of and if we do it'll be hundreds or thousands of years from now because our egos and our skepticism continue to push back on whether we'll ever even get to look at some of those questions you like a little bit of healthy skepticism though and I've had a com- I've had a conversation with yeah I've had a conversation with one lady who um, who sets out to basically to debunk some of the celebrity psychics uh, you know and, and to show them as frauds uh, and that's one angle but if you have for me if you're hell bent on unpicking that you will find a way to unpick it yes. hell bent on believing it you'll find a way to dismiss everything else. 
And I think at the moment I'm still I'm still somewhat on the fence, but conversations I've had with people in this last 12 months really aren't like I'm I'm almost over there. <laughs> and I've, I've I've had information put to me that is undoubtedly uh, accurate that from total strangers, you know, or people who know me but don't know me, my life, my history, my family, and telling me just little snippets of information. And it's like, yes, that's true. That's right. I've never shown you a picture of anybody. I've never talked about this, yet you're coming back to me with information. They can't get that from thin air, can they? Well, kind of. I mean, <laughs> well, sort of. Yeah, I, suppose, I suppose, yeah, they do in, in that <laughs> sense. But there's a you can't just be in there somewhere. <laughs> yes, it, 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 it's stuff that you just can't guess. Not sure. with that degree of accuracy, anyway. Yes, there is that, and it ultimately, it, it and this is my science brain speaking, but it all boils down to frequency. Hmm. Everything has a vibration. Everything has a rhythm. And if you can tap into those frequencies, you're going to see patterns if you are able to see patterns. And then you'll be able to put together the rest of the story, which is yeah. what I do. Yeah. Excellent. So I'm going to ask you about um, personal experiences that's that's gone on from, you've already told me about when you were a youngster and you started to identify that you had different abilities outside of the norm. What other experiences have sort of led you along the path to where you are today? Anything significant? Yoga teacher training was definitely eye-opening in terms of, I was an athlete my entire life. So at six years old, I picked up a, a softball and started playing catch. And that sport has followed me through my entire life. I still coach softball absolutely love to to help people understand their bodies through sport that's one of my my gifts but when i went to yoga teacher training i started to see things from a a perspective of how does my engineering brain play into the body mm-hmm. and it's it's looking at your your muscles and tendons and ligaments like they're a bridge and having that perspective that was a that was a big eye-opener for me having some near-death experiences were big big eye-openers for me in terms of connecting with spirit meeting my first teacher cable jones in this realm of the world in the body whispering he taught me a lot about how to connect quicker and move energies faster, uh, all about speed and efficiency to help a person heal quickly. And, and then working with, again, Melissa Seaman on really solidifying that practice and feeling safe and so on. So those are those are my major hurdles. <laughs> So you've mentioned near-death experiences, and that's something I've talked to a couple of guests about so far. Is there anything in there that you were happy to share with us, Amanda? Oh, yeah. I have a great story around that. So uh, celebrating my graduation from high school and moving on to play softball at a Division One school, and we were in Cancun, and the waves were actually really great. 
which if you've ever been to that part of Mexico, the cove in Cancun is quite calm. But if you go down the strip a little ways, you can get a little more activity. And I'd already been pretty adept at, at the ocean and I loved playing in the ocean. But this particular day, I was out with my best friend and she's a lifeguard. So I was feeling really safe and she decided to go in. She was like, I, I, I can tell I'm getting tired. I'm going to go in, grab a drink, chill near the, the bar, say hi to your parents. They were there. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to stay out a little bit longer. Bad idea. <laughs> so I got caught in riptide and taken out past the waves. And I didn't want to start to flail. Because I I wasn't sure anybody would notice or or see me, and then I caught wind that there was a lifeguard right down the beach from me, and I'm trying to get back into the waves, trying and trying and trying, and not realizing that I'm still in the rip current, and the struggling became asthma attack, panic attack, all of the attacks started, and. I'd managed to at one point get out of the rip current and start to get in toward land. And this man with blue shorts and long, longer curly hair walks out into the water just a little ways. And he was like, I just want you to know you, you probably want to come in soon because you're going to hit coral reef a little bit further down the beach. And I looked at him and I was like, I'm trying and I can see the lifeguard right behind him. And he was like, well, you know, you should be able to put your feet down right where you're at. And so I go to put my feet down and I go underwater and I come back up in panic. And he sees this and he realizes, okay, you need a little more help. So he walks out and he grabs me by the hand and he pulls me in and we walk up to the beach and I collapse on the beach and I start puking and the, the lifeguard finally comes behind me and I like glance over my shoulder, like, go away, you're no help. And my mom and my best friend, at one point I had signaled waving to them and they noticed I was really far down the beach at this point. And so they came on either side of me and my mom's rubbing my back and, you know, I'm, I'm a mess. And I look up at her and I was like, where did the man go that walked me in? And she said to me, you walked yourself in, Amanda. Uh, still to this day, I get the chills from it. I'm like, yeah, I, I either met one of my spirit guides or Jesus or who knows. <laughs> a little extra helping hand in that scenario because I was I was right there at the brink of giving up. And it was, I could definitely tell it was one of those choices. I can make this choice. I can just sink at this point or I can fight it. And I'm a fighter. So... I fought it until until I got a little extra help. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That was of, one of those experiences. Now I know. I kind of sense where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> but um, still at the point when you sort of confirmed that I did get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't admit. Every it time. It is. just those moments that just hit you, and, and that's when you realize that um, when you need that little bit extra, it's usually there. and, and I live by the, the saying that, you know, you, you never give them more than you can cope with yep. as well when, when people are struggling. And I, I always share that with them. It's so true. 
It's so true. I've had other experiences in water where it was the that near death moment. And, you know, you see flashes of life in front of you and you're like, okay, well, I can either succumb to it and go with it, or I can continue to fight against this. And, and, you know, it's a choice. And I, I recognize now every single time those moments have happened, I've had a choice. It might've been a split second choice, or it might've been a long drawn out choice. The, the 18 year old swimming in the ocean and Cancun experience was a long drawn out one. <laughs> and did you, did you realize that that was what was happening at the time? Or is that some, like a, a later realization oh, that later was in much- life that you, you, you're piecing it together and saying, oh, that was one of those moments? <laughs> I think I realized it right away when my mom said he wasn't there. That was one of those like instantaneous recognitions like, oh, hey, we just had one of those things. And the rest of the trip, I I pretty much avoided the ocean and only went in the pool. And I was even skeptical of going in the pool at that point. So healthy skepticism. <laughs> but yeah. it was it was definitely a reckoning moment where normally I don't see. I'm not a clear clairvoyant. I'm yeah. a clairsentient and I'm a clairaudient, but that was, that was one of those times where I, I heard it, felt it, saw it. And I'm like, okay, okay. Whereas other times in my life before then it was, I can feel it and I can hear it. So just more recognition of the weird life I already existed in secret. Yeah. And, and so you said earlier that um, it was only about a year ago when you I don't know what opened the book to others. Yes. Is that a good yeah. way of putting it? It was a year ago. It was October of last year where I finally said, you know what? I'm going to get paid for this thing that I do, this body whisper thing that I do. Uh, and start to open up more to my family mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> There's there. They get to find out more about it as I go on podcasts and be more public about it because I'm not forthright with it with them. Uh, but I I think uh, the the best way to share this piece of it is I didn't allow myself to get paid, but I was helping people nonetheless. And for a good chunk of that time, I was covertly helping people. I wasn't letting them know, yeah. like, hey, I'm I'm in your energy. I'm stirring things up for you so that you're better. But I learned. And uh, Melissa, again, was one of these people who was like, listen, they need to know that you're doing this. They need to know that you're capable of doing this. And they need to know that you should probably be paid for this. And so a year ago is when I finally said, all right, I feel safe enough. Let's get paid. And how was that journey when you decided to embark upon it? Did did that come naturally or was it an easy ride for you or? I've been an online entrepreneur since 2015, and I've tried lots of different ways to help people. My first online business was, it was called Moms Eight Limbs, and it was to help moms uh, get to the other side of healing their body after baby. Yeah. And if you can imagine moms with eight limbs, that's pretty, pretty common, but it's also a yoga term because there's eight limbs of yoga. That was a struggle because I wanted to 
help moms understand gently how to get to the other side. And they just wanted the asana. They wanted to make their body feel like it did before. And I was like, oh, nope, that's not one of, that's not how I want to do this. And so coming into this particular business, the body whispering, it was easy. And I realized, okay, when I'm in full alignment with the thing that I am supposed to be doing, it's easy. It's easeful. And people come to me. I don't have to go and find them. That, that it's the first time since 2015 where I was like, this is what it's supposed to be like. (laughs) (laughs) So at that point, I guess you you feel like you'd found your purpose, I suppose. Absolutely. There's a way of looking at it. And I think the other ironic thing is I, I have three different businesses where I'm teaching softball on a, a private level to, to softball players. I have an aerospace business where I create radiation protection. And then I have body whisper healing. And every single one of those things has to do with the body. It has to do with protecting and healing and evolving the body. And so now I'm like, well, I just need to combine all three of them into one business and make that easy. And again, that was one of those, those tips from Melissa. She was like, yeah, stop compartmentalizing for crying out loud. Just trying to work out softball fits into radiation protection. Right. They're disparagingly different, (laughs) yet they're still about the body. Right. Radiation protection in in the capacity that I've been working on it is to protect an astronaut from the radiation outside of Earth's magnetosphere. And it's one of the reasons why we haven't gone into deep space, or at least why NASA hasn't taken us into deep space is because they don't have that kind of protection for their astronauts. And if there happened to be a big solar flare that happened well those astronauts have to figure out how to protect themselves and since i worked on the vehicle that they're riding on i know how they protect themselves currently which isn't very efficient and we happen to be in a solar maximum right now where the sun's spewing crap at us all the time that's why we have really cool auroras right now and it's the worst time for an astronaut to be outside of the magnetosphere so protect the body. And then softball. I was a softball player from six years old to 25 years old at a very high capacity. And I learned that there's things that'll happen to your body that'll damage your body in that sport. So now I teach how to protect the body for my pitchers and my catchers. It's all the same. It's all the same. (laughs) I was just wondering how you sleep, to be honest. (laughs) meal sleep's that awesome big knob we get to turn to recover from anything so i do make sure that sleep is a priority and i just i've figured out a couple of hacks around that one yoga nidra is a beautiful beautiful hack around getting more sleep it basically the way that that works is it's a very deep meditation and you're doing it lying down and when you go into that deep meditation the science behind it is that it's triple the amount of time that you're in it as far as the sleep equality sleep quality is concerned yeah. so if you're in a yoga nidra session for one hour it's like getting three hours of sleep right yeah that's one of those crazy little hacks you can do 
Mm, I'm going to look that up as well. Ah, perfect. <laughs> definitely. I know a really definitely. good feature for that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am bad. It's, um, I'll tend to sort of scrimp on sleeping at times because I'm doing other things. And then all of a sudden yeah. I'll have one, I'll have one day and it's like, I'm just going to go and have a power nap at maybe two o'clock in an afternoon. And that's me for it. Yeah. An, an evening, a night, <laughs> well into the next morning. And um, that, I know that's your body just making you catch up and, and refresh yes. the batteries. But yeah, if I could accelerate it, I would definitely be interested. Yes. Yes. You're going to drive microwave sleep. But the body definitely keeps the score. So mm-hmm. you have no choice but to sleep. And, you know, there's some really cool things that can happen while we're sleeping, too. Tell me. <laughs> well, that dream state that we go into, right, that yeah. that can become one of those liminal states. You can teach your body. It's a skill that you can build around dream walking is one of the terms, but it's basically lucid dreaming. Yeah. And I have a couple of clients that I work with that dream walk where they know how to put themselves into that lucid state and then solve problems in their sleep. And I'm like, well, I, I, I solve problems in my sleep. I wake up and I write it all down. And they're like, yeah, I solve the problem in my sleep. And then I don't, I don't need to wake up and write it down. Need to it's, write it down. Solved. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. And I'm like, well, I want to do that. And it's, a, it's one of those skills that we can learn lucid dreaming. I'm so. still working on meditating. Uh, <laughs> I think Man. the old oh, overactive brain and, uh, you know, trying to juggle lots of different things. So I... Not everybody is meant to sit and meditate. I'm going to throw that out there for you. Powerlifting actually became the thing that I use to meditate. I have to move. I was one of those students in high school where I would ask my teachers, hey, is it cool if I just walk back and forth at the back of the room while you're talking? Because my body will take in the information better than sitting at the desk and writing notes. And some of my teachers were cool with it and some of my teachers weren't. But knowing that about myself made me realize, oh, I am an active meditator, not a stationary meditator. And if I'm stationary for meditation, I make sure that I am sitting up and I've got certain physical triggers that I stay in tune with. Otherwise, I'm out. Forget it. I'm gone. And there's sometimes when meditation needs to be forget it. I'm gone. Like yoga nidra. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to end up with a real list of things to look up after I finish speaking with you, Amanda. It's great. It's, I'll give. I'll send you some links. Sean. But it's, yeah, to. superb. I mean, and that's the whole point of doing this as well. And it's um, I'm. I say that I'm on a journey of learning and discovery, but I want to take people with me and yes. talking to people like yourself. With you know, it's it's really insightful information, and you know, we can't get all that information to download. But getting little snippets and getting the links so that we can share that with people and and let them go and look and see, yes, that's for me, or no, that's not for me. That's really really useful. Yes. That's what I love about doing podcasts. You know, I get to learn from the people who are putting them on, right? I go and listen to your podcast and go, okay, yes, this is a podcast that I'd love to be on like yours. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, oh, oh yeah, we wouldn't be on the same page, but you've got little tidbits that I got to go and, and check out. Yeah, You mentioned one earlier from a previous guest that I've got to go check out. 
Okay. <laughs> About the near-death experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it, it's a fantastic listen. And I honestly I point everybody that I'm talking to to that particular story because I think it was so powerful. And um it wasn't it wasn't in my launch pack to start with until I had the conversation. And then I knew that I needed to sort of accelerate that and bump that up and put it in. So it was it was the as I said, episode number four. If anybody's listening to this as their first podcast, go back, listen to episode number four. Because it's it's really, really enlightening. Really is. I only got through the first two. <laughs> Just, I had to go back and listen to the others. <laughs> Excellent. Well, number one, I mean, you've, you've listened to two good ones. Yes. Number one being the initial inspiration behind the idea, Andy. Uh, and then number two is, uh, you know, the boss. She keeps me on the straight and narrow. And she lets me do this, which is even better. I love that. I love that. Uh, yes, both were great. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Amanda, I... I've just got loads of things going around my head now. I've got lots of ideas and I absolutely want to talk to you again and maybe go, right, we've touched on this in the first conversation. Let's go a little bit deeper. Let's let's get into the nitty gritty of it. Mm. And I'd like to wrap up today and say thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to go and look up all of the things that you share with me. Absolutely every single one. Definitely the... Um, Accelerated sleeping, three hours for the price of one. I could definitely do with some of that. <laughs> so that would probably I think be... a lot of people could. <laughs> yeah, that, that that will be on the top of the list. I think when I uh, when I ever dig around. So thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoy uh, the other episodes that uh, they are starting to spill out now. We're, we're every Wednesday, new episode coming out, and um, it won't be long before you're on. Yay. Well, thank you, Sean. This has been a pleasure. It's it's easy to have a conversation with you around these things. So thank you for asking great questions. Wonderful. Thank you very much. 